dips this potato in some crust and I get in. Welcome to the Potato Week podcast with your host, Dan Fleming and Tom Crossman. Thanks, DJ. Thank you, TJ. Went off without a hitch that time. Oh. Uh, welcome to episode 208 of Potato League Podcast. We are... Uh, well, I guess we're about normal time. I was going to say we're recording yeah. a little later than normal. About 11.30. We're, we're really not. We're yeah. right on where we usually are. It is Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. Uh, I don't remember if we recorded... <laughs> it's funny, the... the I remember us recording on the Super Bowl Sunday for the uh, for fifty two for the Eagles Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I remember us recording on the twenty eight to three Super Bowl because yes. we had it on, turned it off, yeah. And then I kept getting updates, and we were like, maybe we should start watching this again. Mm-hmm. And we turned it back yeah, on. We finished recording, and we're like, this game is a fucking blowout. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> they ended up, and then when the Patriots started to come back, we're like, oh, I yeah. guess we probably ought to watch this. And then of course they ended up winning, but. I don't remember. There will be a there will be a year, kids, where we don't have Tom Brady in the Super Bowl in some capacity. I just don't know when it's going to be. Yeah, it's re- it's amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't most uh, or I shouldn't say most. It is very common for a non Patriots fan in New England to despise Tom Brady. Yeah, um, that's just the way it is because mm-hmm. it, it sucks to. I, and look, I'm I'm. I'm a person who is who lives in New England who is not a Patriots fan, so I get the the feeling of being surrounded, especially uh, when I used to uh, work at the base. <clears throat> You're surrounded by a bunch of dudes your age. They're all football fans and they're all Patriots fans. Yeah, I get that, but I never, I never cared. I don't care how the Patriots. It makes no difference to me. It's like the Patriots winning the Super Bowl meant the same as the Chargers winning the Super Bowl to me. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Same for me. Uh, but for a lot of people, it, like, fucking burns. Yeah. Uh, especially if their team isn't good at all. But <clears throat> even if you're one of those people, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. I mean, Tampa was not terrible last year, no. and they definitely have a talented team. But they were a perennial Seven and nine to nine and seven type roster. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like they were building. Yeah. Um, because they did have they I mean, like I said, they, they do have a lot of talent. They're yeah. actually probably have player for player, they probably have more talent than the Chiefs. Yeah. The defense is very talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're and it's and it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh especially the linebackers, but and the uh defensive line, but he gets there mm-hmm. and in one season takes them to the Super Bowl. Takes them to the Super Bowl. And the Patriots are terrible. Yeah. The uh, Patriots won six games? Seven, yeah, it was funny, six? too, because after, we, I remember after, like, week one, people were like, oh, oh Brady, you know, because we've got Cam, and we won, yeah. and you didn't, and people were, you know, I mean, even, like, four or five weeks into the season, people were still like, did Brady make a mistake? Well, once it's he... It's like, they, he... You had to figure... He was in a new... I mean, they, it's a very similar system offensively, but still, new people... 
Well, he's do. It's not similar. the The system's not the same, but he's doing they. He's doing what he's always done, yeah. which is making calls to the line and then getting the ball out quickly mm-hmm. to the first person that's open. That sounds simple, yeah, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and the fact, it, it basically, the way you had because it, because of the pandemic and all that stuff, those first four weeks were his preseason, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, so once he kind of got on the same page with, especially Mike Evans, that they were just yeah, because Mike Evans has always been an incredibly dangerous wide receiver. Yeah, but now it's like, I, I it's it's amazing. It's a, I, I he's amazing. Now on top of that, on the other side, Patrick Mahomes might be. I mean, obviously he's only played a couple of years. He might be the best quarterback I've ever seen mm-hmm. in yeah. year three as a starter. The things he, he does are also, I feel like we're done, I feel like our uh, Chris Farley show. Yeah. Welcome really? to the Patrick Mahomes blowjob. Yeah. Hour. Like, yeah. Mike, but what do you say? Like, the guy, yeah. he doesn't fucking lose. And it's not that he's just, like, got the basic talent. I mean, that's, yes, he's an incredibly, incredibly talented quarterback, but we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen guys who just have unnatural arms who can throw across the field on a bullet while scrambling. Yeah. We've seen that before. But his throws are almost always the right throw. Like Yeah, he, it's never for the sake of doing it or panicked. Yeah. It's like, this is what I was planning on doing. Yeah. yeah. You were? <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I mean, you, re- you listen to any interviews with him or hear people talk about him, and he's smart. Yeah. He studies the game. He... I was thinking, watching I think on ESPN this week where before last week's before the last game he had like four binders one for each team that they might play oh yeah and it's just like you've been studying all four of those teams yeah and he's like yes you know <clears throat> and I know I ha- I usually hate these comparisons but uh, you know because anytime a wide receiver's fucking father played college basketball like oh that's why he can jump high oh, he's a fucking phenomenal athlete he can yeah. jump high because of that yeah. uh, <clears throat> so I usually hate these type of comparisons but Patrick Mahomes' father was a baseball player he plays quarterback like a shortstop mm-hmm. he looks like a shortstop when he runs and throws that's yeah. and I don't think that's a mistake because the thing that has always been difficult and the reason that coaches tell you not to do it is, you know, to, to run to your right and throw back to your left, mm-hmm. is that doing that with the natural, what is normal uh, throwing motion for football is, you can't do it. Yeah. But if you throw it like a baseball. Which he does. Which he does. And he, like, uh, the shortstop's a great comparison because he's got <clears throat> impeccable footwork. Yes. Like, he never looks off balance. Yeah. Even when he's making a throw that you're like, how... What is going on? Yeah, he looks well balanced. Well, it's like it's like I said, everything everything that he does looks like exactly what he was planning on doing from mm-hmm. the get go. Yeah, and and I think this goes to what you're saying about all the binders. He always looks like he's two steps ahead of mm-hmm. everyone else. Yeah. Um, now the thing that people point out is that he's got Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, and he does. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have really. There's a lot of really I'm good not, players I'm not sure in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is a great receiver on another team. 
Right. And because <laughs> Tyreek Tyree Hill ended up being, he has, uh, I will give him a lot of credit. He has made himself into a wide receiver because his first year, in, he came out of college as a gadget player. Yeah. Because he is, I don't give a shit what anyone says. That motherfucker's 5'8. Yeah. I don't know, maybe 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, I think he's listed, I think he's listed at 5'10, but he's, yeah. he's not 5'10. Uh, he came out of college, and his first year in the league, he was a gadget player and returning kicks and stuff like that, because that's that's what that type of player has always done. Yeah. But he has turned himself into a good wide receiver, a good route runner. But you're right. I don't think, and, and this is where Andy Reid gets the credit, uh, there aren't a lot of coaches in the league that would have... Uh, gone beyond using him as the gadget yeah. player type thing. And and again, I'm not taking, this is, uh, most of the credit goes to, to Tyreek, because like, you gotta work your ass off to, I mean, just, look, running routes is running routes. It doesn't matter what fucking Andy Reid's telling you to do. If yeah. you can't do it right, Well, it also helps, it. too, that you have a quarterback who, if you run your route, that ball's where it should be. Hmm. You know? And he does what every great quarterback does. And, and, and really... Drew Brees is probably the, the the classic example of throwing it where they're going to be, uh, and again that it it all sounds dumb when you break it down this yeah. way, but but it's, again it's not an easy thing to do. But a lot of a lot of quarter well, uh, my uh, my Philadelphia Eagles who are looking like they're going to be trading their franchise quarterback. It would be I think it would have happened this weekend if not for the Super Bowl. I think yeah. they're going to wait till Monday or Tuesday. I think it's done. I think the deal is done. Um. Carson Wentz, even at his best, and his best was MVP level. Uh, that seems like a lifetime ago. I know. <laughs> it was only three years ago. It was three years ago yesterday that the Super Bowl was. But uh, he was uh, he was the MVP up until he blew his knee out late December, uh, or mid-December, I guess it was, uh, of that season. But even that level, Carson Wentz, he threw it to... To the receivers when they were open, mm-hmm. Mahomes throws it before they're open. Mm-hmm. Like they're, like when he starts to bring his arm back, you look at it and the and they're there's they're not even remotely open, but yeah. they're gonna be. Yeah. That also, that does have a lot to do with. Well, it's Tyreek, he's gonna be open, or it's Kelsey, he's gonna be open in a second. Yeah. And with Kelsey, even if he's not open, yeah. he's gonna be the one to catch it. Mm-hmm. Either he's gonna catch it or no one is. Yeah. Uh, so that don't get me wrong, that yeah. all of it, all hey, of it the helps. Best tight end in the game. Yes, yeah. all of it helps. <laughs> but still, back to our original point, the guy just does yeah. things that no one else. Yeah, he's. This is this. If it weren't for Brady, this would be his third straight Super Bowl. Yeah, in yes. his third third year, year starting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's really no. I feel like we're we're. And uh, it's not like that Patriots Chiefs game was. An automatic Pats victory. No, no, that yeah. was. Which Super Bowl? See, it's weird. Which Super Bowl would that have been? Would that have been Rams City before? That? Yeah, it would have been Rams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was the best game of the playoffs. Was yeah. the Patriots? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a whoever wins this game is likely winning the Super right. Bowl. And I feel like we're we're uh, disrespecting the man who was named MVP yesterday. The person with the most arm talent in the league is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, and then very close behind Patrick Mahomes. And then I think it's a big drop from there. Oh, yeah. As far as just pure arm and, talent. And also, you know, Rodgers has been in the league 
for a decade. You and know? <laughs> watching watching this year, uh, it really feels like he's been wasted. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy wasted him. Yeah. Right? We learned this year that Mike McCarthy is not a good coach. No. Because uh, he had a pretty fucking good roster to start with in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, turns out that any success they had uh, in Green Bay... And, and the success that Aaron Rodgers had under McCarthy, which was two MVPs, mm-hmm. was in spite of him mm-hmm. and not yeah. kind of because of, I, I would imagine Aaron Rodgers having Andy Reid for his entire career. Jesus, yeah. The, the numbers would already, it we, would already we'd be, be. talking Brady Belichick type of legacy. Yeah, they'd have five Super Bowls. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. but but It feels like every year the Patriots didn't win, it would have been that. And maybe some of the years that they did, it yeah. would have been, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, but it's Rodgers, and then it's and and then it's Mahomes as far as arm talent. Uh, although for younger guys, I just by happenstance because it was the game on opposite of of another game or whatever. Uh, I watched a lot of Chargers games this year, and uh, Justin Herbert has a phenomenal arm. Yeah, like. And, and we're not just talking about he can throw it a really long way uh, really fast. It's it's not like pitching. Pitching, you're throwing, the window that you're throwing into is very small. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's breaking or the speed it's going at, yes, all of that changes. But on a football field... Yeah, you're you're the, still trying to hit the same two foot by four foot square. Yeah. <laughs> on a football field, you're, everything, everything about the throw matters. The, <laughs> and no one is trying to hit you. Yeah, no one's trying to kill you. Uh, There's not someone rushing yeah. from the dugout to tackle the, you. As the you worst pitch. thing that ever happens to to pitchers is they they miss their hole on their landing foot and they stumble a little. Yeah. You know that's the worst thing. Pitchers are notoriously uh, babies. Yeah. Now uh, part of that, this is a, a sidetrack thing. The thing that always bothered me was uh, I remember it was Josh Beckett always had a big problem with blisters, mm-hmm. and people were like. I'll go to work tomorrow and tell my boss I got a blister so I can't work. Yeah. That blister is the square centimeter that yeah. is touching a fucking baseball that he's throwing 97 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. It's not that it's he's too too wimpy. It's that yeah. he simply it doesn't do what it's supposed to. Yeah, he, he, he's not changing the oil with the Jiffy Lube. Right. You know? Like <laughs> it's it's not that he's a baby. It's that you physically can't do yeah. what he does. With a fucking huge blister on your finger, yep. it you just can't. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't matter if it didn't hurt at all. Yeah, it you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Much like you, Jiffy Lou, could not throw a baseball that fast. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that always yeah, if, that if always bugs li- me. If the lift doesn't work, Jiffy Lou ain't working that day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's not because the lift is a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I got to that, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Oh, the throws. Uh, yeah. Just the you know different arcs and all over the place, different places on the field, moving, not moving, and plus you're, you're throwing at a moving target and all that yeah. stuff. So it's a very... The arm talent is not just how far you can throw and how hard. Uh, but yeah, he's really good. Um, been some big trades. Oh, speaking of our talent, probably the third most uh, talented arm in the NFL, uh, if we're going to rank them, yeah. is Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. um, who has, speaking of wasted careers... Uh, imagine if he had been with Andy Reid this whole time, because mm-hmm. that motherfucker. He, if you, 
if you want to be shocked by something, if you don't really, like, really pay attention to football and you just know that Matt Stafford has been the quarterback on the Lions for 10 years and they've been terrible, mm-hmm. watch some Matt Stafford highlights. Mm-hmm. That fucking guy, it, he's, I can't wait to see him next year uh, to see what he's going to do with Sean McVay. That, I'm, I'm super excited for that guy. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, you're like, oh, poor Jared Poor Goff. Jared Goff. And it's even worse that, like, uh, it's a California kid. Yeah. Went to Cal. Yeah, and now he's got going drafted by the Rams. Destroy. Yeah. He, he is, he looks like an L.A. guy. He's going to get fucking eaten alive. And now he he's, perform well. I can't, the only two play the, the I can think of two places. That, the only other place it would even compare to Detroit is if, like, he had gone to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh or Cleveland. <laughs> even Cleveland, I think you can... It's a little hip, and you can yeah, kind of... Because, you know, yeah. it's got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's, that's the I can think of. Uh, but, man, Detroit Ugh. or, like, Pittsburgh or something like that is just, like, the last place. Yep. And go- thank goodness the Dakotas don't have a team. <laughs> I know. See, that that would be the, that would be the thing. Or, like, if there was a, a Canadian team. Um yeah, they, he's up there. They're going to ride out the last two years of his deal. They're going to hope they're bad enough that in the meantime they can draft a quarterback well, and then he'll they, be somewhere else. They've got else. some picks. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. The Rams? They, they got some picks in that deal. The Rams for Matt? Well, this will tell, tell you, uh, and it shot, you know, a lot of people are like, they gave up that much for Matt Stafford. That's how good Matt Stafford yeah. is. He's also really cheap the next two years because it's the back end of his deal and the, the – he was front-loaded. Yeah, well, that, that's the beauty of, like, trading a quarterback is you don't – you leave the other team with all the dead money because the bonus has already been paid. That's what's going to happen. The Eagles are going to shatter the uh, dead money number. I think it's going to be $33 million next year because his extension doesn't even start until next year. So his entire bonus is going to go on next year's thing, and he won't even be on the fucking team. Uh, the old record, I think, was 20, and that was Jared Goff. Um, so – they, they're getting Matt Stafford for like twenty-two million a year, which yeah. quarterback money. Yeah. Quarterbacks are going thirty to thirty-five now, or if you're Pat Mahomes, close to fifty. Well, the Chiefs made sure uh, that they would never yeah. have to worry the about the Chiefs. That ever Chiefs again. gave him half a billion dollars. Yeah. Um. So, just to tell you how good Matt Stafford is, he is four years older. Forty. because he's thirty. 132, which for quarterback means you've got six years left. Um, And the Rams gave up Jared Goff, who was the number one pick in 2017, right before Carson Wentz. Isn't that amazing? The one and two from 2017 are going to get traded. I saw a thing where it showed, like, since, like, 2012, all the top, like, drafted quarterbacks, one of them is still with the team that drafted him. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but, yeah, it was, like, one. Baker. After Yeah, it was, like, after this year, like... Yeah. Decimate. No one is with their original team anymore. This is like number one quarterback picks. Yeah. First round quarterback picks it, from the past like nine years. It just goes to show how much situation matters and coach and how maybe college is a bit of a mirage. It's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams gave up Jared Goff three one two ones. Two ones and a three. Third. Yeah. The funniest thing about this story is that they couldn't give them their 2021 or 2022 first-round picks because they've already traded those. They traded those for Jalen Ramsey. The Rams' last number one pick, or their last first-round pick, was Jared Goff. Their next first-round pick will be 2026 Mm -hmm. because they've traded them all. 
And as we've talked about before, in, in football, not having a first-round pick is a big deal. Their their window is very yeah, This short. isn't baseball where you could find somebody in the 15th round that's going to be an impact player eventually. They have... You're not drafting yeah, well, Greg you're, Maddox you're drafting, in the 15th you're round. You're drafting starters in the first two rounds, and then you're hoping for a contributor in the third and fourth round, and after that, it's dart throw. Yeah. And you're, you're those guys don't even make you stay in your roster most of the time. Well, six and sevens, fives do. Yeah, fifth uh, round, you're, fourth round, you're picking a practice squad player. Well, well, in the, by the time you get to the, it's also uh, position dependent. You can get decent like safeties, and like the Eagles drafted a rookie last year in the fourth round. He may end up being a starter. Uh, that wouldn't be unusual, but most of your starters are drafted in the first two rounds. Uh, so, long story short, the the Rams uh, window is very very. Very yeah, they better go all in this this they've year got, and the next. Yeah, they've got however much longer Aaron Donald plays and however much longer Jalen Ramsey plays because they can't afford anyone else. <laughs> all right, this has been football on Potato League Possible. Yeah, podcast. Well, it's Super Bowl day. We it kinda, is. We kind of yeah. got to throw that out. Sure. There. Throw a little bone. Yeah, you're right. The Eagles might get a. I think they're going to get a one, yeah. which would be amazing. I mean, look, I don't want him gone. I should make my official thing. I don't want him gone, but he doesn't want to be here. No. So, and if we've learned, that learned point, one thing, yeah. quarterbacks that don't want to be there, at that point, you're not going to have a good year. Because Eagles Twitter not. is uh, tearing itself apart yeah. uh, over this, over who's because there's like so many different sides to to blame. Mm. I'm on the you have to trade him at this point because that's that's the reality of the situation. It's not going to work here. Even if he is fixable, even if he goes on to be a fucking Pro Bowl player and back to his 2018-2019 level of a playoff-worthy quarterback for wherever he is, that doesn't matter to me. Because at this point, it doesn't matter. He doesn't want to be here. Mm -hmm. Something is broken that cannot be fixed at this point. So get what you can and then (laughs) move forward. If Jalen Hurts ends up being great, great. If he's not... You're probably going to be back in this same position yep. next year, and you're going to be able to pick one. Yeah, we could, we could very well see what's going to happen this this coming year with a quarterback that doesn't want to play for his team with Deshaun Watson if the if the Texans don't get rid of him. I'm fascinated by this because I both think that so that right now the asking price for Deshaun Watson is starting at three ones. Mm-hmm. I think I. I equally think that he is 100% worth that yep. and that no one should pay it. No. It's almost, when you get to that level, because Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. Top eight <laughs> if you're being picky. Just by virtue of what I just said, there aren't many of those guys. And the difference between those guys and like the next group feels huge. It's It's like... When you're that, when you're the top zero zero one point one, you know, point one percent of of your field, the margins are very narrow. So it's amazing that that top group still feels so far away from the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the yeah, world. Yeah, and you know, Teddy Bridgewater and guys like that, who are again one of the thirty two best. Quarterbacks on the planet, but they feel so far away from Mahomes and Rodgers and Russell Wilson and guys like that. Uh, So if you can get someone like that, then, or if you have someone like that, they're almost untradeable because who can, 
who could afford to give up three ones and and not let it just destroy their team? Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, he's totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm but fascinated this is the type by of that. Situation where you like, you know, are you trading Herschel Walker at this point? You know, sure, he was one of the best running backs at Dow- you know, in, the, in the league when Dallas had him. But, but when they traded like, him to the Vikings, they made, you know, they don't win the Super Bowl no. in the next few years without making that trade. Well, and they that, got enough number ones from that. That enough. trade definitely was, changed. Lopsided anyway, that but. changed. Uh, that changed the perception. That was the last time a, a running back was really traded. Like quarterback, that that was quarterback level yeah. haul for a running back, which was stupid yeah. in hindsight. Obviously, <laughs> I mean they got. I think they got two ones. It was like two ones, two twos, and two threes or something like that. And they ended up drafting out of that group four people that ended up starting on more than one Super Bowl team. Yeah. That's a pretty good hit rate. Yeah, uh, one of those being Emmett Smith. And then the other, I think Darren Sharper was maybe one of them. It wasn't like four Hall of Famers, but it was it was four guys that started on more than one Super Bowl yeah. team, which is twenty five percent of your fucking starting roster, you know. Uh, who the hell yeah. else was it? Yeah, we'll see. It. I, yeah, like you said, I don't know if Deshaun's going to get that. I don't know if any team is going to give up that. But level. he's he's said he's willing to sit out the yeah. year. Oh yeah, so, I, I see him doing a Le'Veon Bell without a doubt. Just going. Yep. How'd that work out? Yeah. Well, he's on the Chiefs. I think for him, it worked out pretty fucking okay. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> he's it going did. to the goddamn he Super Bowl. Got, he got a team. the The Jets were dumb enough to give him all the money he wanted. Yeah. He got himself kicked out of the Jets, <laughs> and now he's going to get a fucking ring. Probably. He's got a 50-50 chance to get a ring tonight. Yep. <laughs> And not even have to get hit. <laughs> yeah, because he's not a big part of their team. I mean, he's Le'Veon Bell. He's still talented, but they're not going to be. De- this is right. the Steelers of a few years ago. They're not going to hand him the ball thirty times and say we're winning on your back. And the other, on uh, the flip side of that is Lashawn McCoy. He is uh, uh, not the same thing at all. He was never a problem or anything. But he, a thirty-one-year-old running back who. Uh, has had not a Hall of Fame career, but a borderline one. Like one, the Hall of Very, Very Good. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he's he'll get he'll get some he'll get some votes. Yeah, and people are like, hey, uh, he'll get down ballot consideration. Let's, yeah. let's mention Lashawn. Yeah. yeah. Just because we're we not should. we're not voting him in, but right, he deserves a couple. He deserves, he deserves a couple votes. Because at his peak with the Eagles, he was amazing. Um, it's just so weird that at the tail end of his career, when he's not even a contributor anymore. He ended up, he found his way onto the Chiefs roster last year because Andy Reid drafted him mm-hmm. uh, with, when he was with the Eagles. <clears throat> and so he found his way onto the Chiefs roster. Wasn't even active on Super Bowl Sunday, but he got a ring, obviously. Yep. Uh, and then this year, he's in Tampa. <laughs> he might get another one. Yep. And it's just, I wonder how, especially a guy like that, who was, let's face it, from the... Uh, Pee-wee to high school to college to immediate success in the NFL has been the guy his entire life. These last two years, you know, because running backs, once it's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems to be on your fucking 30th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, once he turned 30, it was like, all right, see you later, LaShawn. And he was out of Buffalo and uh, moved on and uh, ended up in Kansas City as not a contributor, wins a ring, ends up in Tampa Bay not as a contributor, and could win a ring. I wonder if he feels weird about that. Well, I wonder if it feels less than. Honestly, a 
lot of that's Tampa Bay's roster. A lot of the players. oh yeah, because you've got you've got Gronk who is not the Gronk from years ago. He did he did more than I thought this yeah, year though. I, I was too. wrong on Gronk yeah. on how I thought he was just going to be a body. Yeah. Well, there are games where that's what he is. Mm. But that but again, when the pressure's on, if he's on the field, Brady's looking for him. Yeah. So it, I was surprised. he's got a chance to be a Super Bowl MVP this year, just because. Brady is the one throwing to him, and there's a chance that he, you know. I also didn't think that he uh, had enough time to put enough weight back on to really yeah. be in any kind of playing shape. But he did it. He did it. He 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 comes across as a big goof, but I think he's a very he's very serious about what he does. Oh yeah. Uh, clearly, again, yeah. he's in the top one percent. Yeah. You know, one percent yeah. of one percent of in his you, field. And you've got him, and then you've also got Antonio Brown. Fuck that guy. Oh yeah, definitely fuck that guy. But again. He he's found gonna, his way onto a team where gonna he can get win. a ring. Yep. yep, or he's has a good chance of getting one. Um, yeah, it's a team it's really, full of people that are it's, like it's like that. really weird. Uh, but I just wonder, like, well, with Gronk it would be different because there's a chance he'll catch a touchdown tonight. Oh, yeah. LaShawn McCoy is not. Yeah. But if you had said five years ago, hey, guess what? There's going to be a team with LaShawn McCoy, yeah, right. Gronk, Brady, and Antonio Brown. People would be like, "Holy shit, that team's winning the Super Bowl!" Although, if you, and now if that's would, the team, and they might win a Super Bowl, but not because of three of those. Although, guys. if you had said that, you would have had to just say it without the five-year thing. Because if you did the five-year thing, I would have been doing some math in my head and going, "Eh, I don't know if I want a 32-year-old Sean McCoy, a 31-year-old Antonio Brown. I don't Brown. know if I want a 43-year-old Brady as my quarterback." <laughs> yeah, yet, it's funny. It it's funny that I didn't even consider that part. No, he's yeah. fine. He's yeah. fine at that age. <laughs> He's fucking Jamie Moyer out there on the goddamn mound. And the thing uh, that a lot of people have been noting is Philip Rivers. Uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, I'm just thinking of another guy that retired. Um, Drew Brees can still play quarterback. His arm can. Yeah. He just there's just not the same zip. Mm-hmm. But you know the, the the reaction and the 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 intelligence. Yeah, that doesn't go away. Brady still has, like, zip. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he looks like he, he looked like he was throwing the ball harder and with, I don't know, I, I don't know how, any other word to use. With authority. <laughs> it, it just, with purpose. The ball just looks different coming out of it. It still looks alive. Yeah, like, well, you I know mean, how in baseball they Mar- throw the ball Marino, jumps out of his Marino's hand. Marino's last few years, he couldn't move yeah. in the pocket. But Jesus, if you gave him five seconds to throw a ball, it was there. Yeah, that that's what's amazing with Brady. Like the the arm strength is still there. It's the ball still gets to where it's going. I, I don't even know how else to say it. It's like he he still has that, and he's not throwing it like two thousand eight level bomb type stuff. But man, the I. I Right now, to me, there's there's no doubt in my mind he can do exactly the same thing next year. Nothing that I saw have seen this year tells me, it's, makes me think that he this won't isn't Peyton, be. This isn't Peyton Manning's last year yeah. in Denver, where you're like, that boy is shot. Yeah, he has to win this year because next <laughs> yeah. year he can't he can't physically play right. anymore. Uh, I I'm not I don't he wants to, he said he wants to play until after until after 45. I I think that he can. At this point? I was just remembering that Manning Super Bowl. That was, because it came up today on my things. So I was like, oh, the MVP is either going to be the punter or the kicker in the <laughs> Super Bowl. God, that Super Bowl was so fucking dull. I mean, it was a great defensive game, but. I didn't even remember who they played. Who did they play? This is Denver you're talking about, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> Someone they were. I have no idea. Carolina? That's what I was going to say, but I, think I don't it was know. Carolina. I think it was like. Whenever I. I, I it's hilarious that you said that because anytime. I can't remember who the NFC team was. I just assume it was Carolina. Because I, I must Carolina. not have cared. Yeah, no, that game was so fucking boring. So boring. Yeah, I think it was. I'm, yeah, I mean, was, we could look it up. I, yeah, I can't remember what hey, the final Google, score was. Who did the Broncos play in the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning? That was a terrible question. I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's because it was a poorly worded question. Uh... Hey, Google, who played in the 2015 Super Bowl? Patriots. On the website estimation.com, they say Seahawks. Oh, it would be 20. Okay, hey, Google, it would be 16. Who played in the 2016 Super Bowl? Because it would have been On February 7, 2016, the Broncos won Super Bowl 50 after beating the Panthers 24 to 10. Because that was the that was the Super Cam year. Was yeah. And 24 to 10, I remember <laughs> some of that was junk time. Yeah. Like, the end. Yeah, that, that game sucked. Ugh. I just downed that copy like it was... Like it was a shot. I don't know why. But, uh, so, movies. Yeah. You did not watch a whole lot this week. I kept, uh, I, I kept watching your... I, uh, I was... I was... Uh, I'm trying to get to my... Well, I watched three. I watched three movies. Two of them since we last recorded. Two, right? Yeah, two of them uh, being rewatches. I only watched one new movie this week. I didn't do. I was very tired this week. For some reason, this week was very exhausting at school. But on the snow day that we had, uh, as a group, we watched Into the Spider Verse, and that was the first mm-hmm. time we had watched it that's I think that above uh that's in a very short list of movies in our family where if you put it on eventually everyone ends up in the living room because that's kind of how it happened I put it on because Tilly wanted to play shoots and ladders so uh we figured we'd put on a movie in the background and so Tilly Robin and I were playing shoots and ladders but like Five minutes into the movie, we're no longer paying attention to shoots and ladders. And like ten minutes after that, Colin wanders in, and we all just end up watching in the Spider Verse. Um, it got me excited for the uh, for the sequel, which twenty twenty two, maybe next summer. Yeah, I think it's coming. Or yeah. will they do Christmas again? I wonder. Because Spider Verse was Christmas. They would be foolish not to put it around Christmas. So, uh, yeah, that's just, that, that's the best Spider-Man movie, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah. As good as, uh, as much as I like Homecoming, uh, I think it's clearly better than any of the, any of the other, whatever, five or six, and I include Far From Home in there. Uh, The only one that it's even close to, I think, is Homecoming. But... I still. I, I'm going to be interested to see the new one though, yeah. Like, because I think they're they're throwing down that into the Spider Verse card for the newest live action. Oh yeah, yeah. With the amount of people that they're saying, like, pretty much anyone who's been a villain or a hero in a Spider-Man film, period, has well, the potential to be in this damn movie. We cracked the. We I think we kind of officially cracked the multiverse this week on WandaVision. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, uh, spoilers ahead for Wonder Vision. That's a that's, that's a great do you, segue. Do you want to yeah. start right with that? Um, did we? Because we didn't talk about it last week, so we didn't even talk about the first Darcy episode. Yeah, which if you if they don't make a Darcy Jimmy Woo X Files show, they are idiots. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want those two going out. I want them appearing like Agent Coulson did in the yeah. first, you know, the first wave. I want those two everywhere together from yep. now on, because that was a genius pairing. God, that was so good. It, and it's one of those things that's so good that you don't care how improbable all of it is. And I don't yeah. mean the physics of it because we're already on board. The fact for that. that they were able to corral that many tube TVs <laughs> is impressive as shit. Well, just the uh, my the idea that oh, is he the only fucking agent in the FBI? He's he's not only uh, yeah. in San Francisco watching over Scott Lang, but he's also in charge. It's it's yeah. kind of like how, uh, he's across the country now in yeah. Connecticut or wherever it's, they are. It's kind of like Jersey. how the same two cops go to every murder in New York, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and not just every murder, every crime. Like, yeah. I thought you were a murdered. I thought you were a homicide detective. Why are you with this yeah, Why are you on Vice? What's happening? <laughs> it's, uh, I need it to further the plot. Uh, so it is kind of dumb that uh, it's almost like, hey, remember this person from this movie? Here they are. Yeah. Uh, but it works. But it works, so I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and I, someone was talking about that last, oh, I think it was in something I was watching uh, uh, for Caravan of Garbage, maybe, or something like that. Where they were talking about there's certain things that uh, when you watch a movie that it's stupid and it doesn't make any sense and it only makes sense within the movie. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the, only, the only excuse for a character to be acting a certain way is to make this thing in the future happen mm-hmm. because it's going to look cool. Yeah. Um, and it's only on a rewatch that you're like, that's dumb. But there's something about a well-made movie that makes you not care about it yeah. during that time. Like, while the credits are rolling, if you think about, oh, wait, that's kind of silly. As long as it doesn't take me out in the movie, I will roll with it. Yeah. And that's what is happening with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and for anyone who complained that nothing happened the first few episodes, yeah, it's happening now. I, well, I would argue that the first two episodes should have been one. I, I agree they should have released that as perhaps a double episode. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, with, starting with episode three, when the cracks started forming, it's yeah. like, okay, and now it's like, oh, it, everything's been blown open. Right. Um, and I just, uh, Olsen there is that Elizabeth Olsen's killing it. Yes. The, the scene this week where she like comes out yeah. and it's like, don't fucking come in here again. Like she is terrifying yeah. in that moment. I'm glad that they are, uh. Because she's in the in canon, because she has just been turned into for the MCU watcher. She's an Avenger. Yeah. Her history is more complicated than that. Yeah. She's not always. I mean, depending on which storyline you're going with, her dad is Magneto. Right. She's a mutant. Yeah. Um, I realize that they made them not mutants in the MCU because they didn't have the right to the mutants at the time. So right. it's all. But again, it works well because she was her powers were created thanks to the Mind Stone. Yeah. And guess what? She's fucking using that shit now. And I like how, like, it's been mentioned, well, it even looks like the, her hex powers kind of look like the ether, you know, yeah. from Thor, yeah. which makes sense. Um, but I like the fact that it was, it was in this past week they talked about, like, 
they were like, is she that powerful? And it's like, she would have taken down Thanos yeah. if he hadn't, you know, rained down hell at that moment. She would have taken him down on her own. And it is, uh, that makes you think more of that the, the number of uh, Superman problems that the MCU has uh, between her and um, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. of you have to finagle ways to get them to not otherwise every marvel movie would be five minutes long yeah no matter you something could happen in in a whatever happens in spider-man and scarlet witch would come over and just and it would be over oh even if it's not over she can rewrite reality yeah so (laughs) and like i'm sure they'll eventually at some point find a way to depower her but i like that right now her reality warping powers are pretty fucking strong I mean, and they had, you know, they've had Carol bouncing all around the universe, so that's kind of the reason. But, like, the instant she arrives on set, it's like, all right, this, this one's over. Yep. She can just, she'll just fly through that thing. <laughs> so they have, they have some Superman problems, um, but I like that uh, it's with, it's funny because the, if you were to say which one is more, is closer to a Superman character, it is Carol, but really, the the reason that they have, whether this is intentional or not, her weakness is that she is kind of the same as Superman, is like Superman's weakness is his humanity. If mm-hmm. you can play to his humanity, you can beat him because yeah. he won't take that extra step. Not that she won't, yeah. but her... She did tr- feel tremendous guilt over the the bomb in uh, in Lagos, even though so much that it made a commercial of it. Yeah, <laughs> when you've was, got a mess to clean that was, up, that was pretty clever. <laughs> I, I thought so. Uh, that's been a nice part of the show is that every every time there's always been a period appropriate theme song to all the episodes. Yeah. And uh, the commercials are sometimes they're hammering you right over the head with something, and other times it's like this. The although I was waiting for her this year to say something like "You got it, dude." Yeah. Or something to, to play off her sisters. Oh, that I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, her sisters are Mary Kate and Wilson, who were the stars of the late 80s, early 90s. Maybe if maybe one of the twins had said, You got it, dude, or something. Yeah. That, and something. have her just kind of like do a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been funny. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. But, but speaking of her twins, I, I like the fact that the twins have kind of taken on powers of their own. And that she doesn't like, seem to be able to control that. Yeah, like when they say you, you, you're only five, you can't have a puppy. Well, what age can we have a puppy? Ten. Yeah. Okay, and now they're ten, and it's like, ooh. That was unsettling. I didn't like that. I didn't like that either, but I, <laughs> but I liked it, and I liked that it unsettled the shit out of Catherine Hahn's character. Yeah. Because, like, even Vision's like, you can't do that in front of her. She's like, well, she's not even noticing now. It's like, she knows. <laughs> yeah. What is going on with her, do you think? I, because she doesn't seem. At first, I thought she was going to be like Agatha Harkness. She yeah. still might be, but I, at first, you may, may think maybe she's the one behind it all. Yeah. She is obviously not, but maybe this is what turns her into a villainous type of character, where she just got her ass manipulated for however long. There and does it shows it hurts. These people are not yeah. enjoying themselves. Right. Yeah. You know um, that little moment where somehow Vision had the power to untweak that guy's mind. It's like, so is, how much of her power does he, is he using now? And what is his level of, because I mean, last we knew, he is 
dead dead. Right. It showed his fucking scattered corpse in the sword right. science unit or, or whatever. So, you know, a week ago, he wasn't even physically put together anymore. Yeah. Uh, and which... A lot of this, uh, on one hand, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm glad that it's that the story is breaking open and they're starting to kind of explain some things. And but it's also, uh, I feel like at this point, it could fall apart really quickly mm-hmm. uh, if not done right. There needs to be. It can't just be Wanda yeah. that is the threat. There has to be something else. There has to be a bigger bad. Even and I, which I know a lot of things have been like, let's well, maybe Mephisto or yeah. Nightmare. Yeah, you know, one of the Marvel villains that isn't of the physical realm. Right. A lot of people have been saying, well, what if it's um, Dormammu? Yeah, because you know he's, you know, he's multidimensional as well. And this is supposedly going to be a kickoff to the Doctor Strange movie, or there will be a direct tie to it, or something yeah. like that. Um, I don't know if they're just talking the you know, the multiverse angle. Ever fucking come out? Yeah, right. Because Marvel is stubbornly just postponing everything. So. Yeah. Well, I feel like, and look, they're they're right now. They've given like Tom Brady. <laughs> they've given me no reason to believe that they don't know exactly what they're doing. Correct. They're probably going to. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like once all this is kind of clear and they know they can put butts in seats again consistently and just off the back of their movie and not uh, worrying about uh, like pandemic restrictions and things like that, I wonder if they're just going to shotgun these things out. Why wouldn't they? And be like, you're going to get four Marvel movies this year. I mean, yeah, they already own the box office every year anyway. So, yeah, they put out four a year. Yeah, congratulations, you're a a multi-billion dollar movie company. Next three years. Although I say four a year like it's crazy, and really I think 2017 and 18 they were doing four a year. They were, I think, but a lot of them were still like Ant-Man. Yeah. Well, and I think these would kind of be two. Well, because we don't know what the big whatever is going to be. Mm -hmm. Going for other than we have the idea that uh, it could be Kang. But man, did they pick the did they pick the right time to decide to start developing these shows or what? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was cosmically good fortune on their yeah. end, uh, and a couple. It wasn't just Amazon that hit it big during the pandemic. Yeah. It was anyone that was making home streaming stuff and had stuff in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this, uh, that they could all be... Well, I mean, the entire... Well, except for me, the entire world wa- watched fucking Tiger King, you know? Yeah. So, it, But yet, that already feels like two years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I don't... Like, yeah. When talking when talking about things that came out last year, I would... Did you watch remember. it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Watch the whole thing through. But I wouldn't... I just couldn't. I wouldn't even remember it at this point. No. Robin watched it, and every time I walked in the room, I was like, this is just not for me. Oh, it's nuts. I can't. It, it hits close to home on a lot of the stuff. Yeah, it really does. Other than the other than him being super gay and out, so many of those people are like, "This is fucking Milo, man." Yeah, right. Yeah, because there aren't a lot of uh, polygamous gay marriages in Milo that I'm aware not, not of. Not a lot. <laughs> there might be. Yeah. I mean, and if there are, they're keeping it quite way more quiet than he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how does he get all those people to marry him? Uh, meth. Yeah. Terrific. Lots of meth. <laughs> now that, that I would buy. Milo. <laughs> <laughs> that I would buy. Man. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm 
I'm at every at the end of every episode of WandaVision, I'm like, fuck, whole another week. Yeah. It's been that good. I've been uh For some reason, like when it gets to the end of the episode, I then, for some reason, it's almost like a surprise. The last like three Fridays have been, ooh, WandaVision's out today. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why I haven't. Because usually stuff like that, like you have it in your head, like, ooh, that's on Friday. That's on Friday. I always forget about it until someone tweets about it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Friday. It's on. Yeah. Because we don't watch it until Andrea gets home from work and Tristan comes over for the night. Oh, yeah. And that's what we watch while eating dinner. We watch WandaVision. Yeah. Um, it's the one thing we can all agree on. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, the kids have no interest. Yeah. But well, I, I can that. see why. Yeah, because, like, especially to Tilly, it would just be like, what is, what the hell is this? Yeah. I do, uh, on top of, uh, I appreciate the fact that they are showing Wanda as the not clear-cut hero that she kind of has turned into, um... I also, I don't know how to word it. Oh, I, the other thing I was thinking of, um, I lost track there, was the, that they're uh, really leaning into the, because they've never named her, they've never called her Scarlet Witch. No. They're really leaning into the, the witch. Well, thing. I like to do that they're calling everything the Hex. Yeah. And, and that, which her powers are Hex powers in Marvel Comics. Right. So I think we're we're no more than two or three episodes away from hearing Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't think. Not that that matters, but it'll be a nice acknowledgement to like her proper uh, character name. Uh, but the big twist at the end was uh, that Evan Peters shows up. The thoughts going around are. That are questioning if this, if that person is the the Quicksilver from the X Men mm-hmm. universe, or if it is some sort of manifestation of of Wanda's. She, but but we, I think we we can be very sure that she didn't do it because she was shocked. And she said when the doorbell rang, that that's not me. me. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking cat. They recast Pietro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's getting very meta-heavy at that point. But I, again, I'm not surprised because I liked Aaron Taylor Johnson as Quicksilver. I liked that he was... Because in the comics, Quicksilver is an asshole. Yes. He's like Namor-level asshole. Um, so I like that that's how they played him in the movie. I, it was, you know, I was stunned when he was killed over Hawkeye in that moment. Not sure it was the right decision at that point. Yeah. Um, but I can't. I couldn't picture him coming back. I mean, I'm sure they could have thrown enough money at him that he could have. Yeah. But I don't. I, I didn't see him coming back, um, especially to a TV show. I think I can, he still might. He he still might. Yeah. This week he might pop up. Yeah. We don't know. Um, would I be happy with the Evan Peters version? Most definitely. He was the best part of the X-Men movies he was in. Yeah, it's a really weird um, juxtaposition, I guess, that the MCU is clearly uh, clearly a more popular and better movie franchise than the X-Men franchise. However, 
the the character that they share yeah. is better in the X-Men universe. And I think it is that they took the what is a wisecracking asshole into just a wisecracking, yeah. lovable goof kind of. But also, one who shares zero history with Scarlet Witch. Right. Like, that X-Men, that, that Quicksilver did not grow up in Sokovia. Ooh, you know, in that? He, he grew up in his mom's basement in America, but is also, in, in that universe, the son of Magneto. Right. So. So does this mean? Well, and also, uh, he's not a twin. Not in that one, no. He's... Wanda is a younger sister. Yeah. Because she's like five or something, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, I wonder if we're going to get... Evan Peters Wanda. I don't know. Will they cast like a, I don't know, 15-year-old? Maybe. At, at this point, I honestly don't know what they're going to do. And have her come in and be like, listen, Wanda, you're doing this all wrong. Yeah. Take it from Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> or how old would she be? Uh, if I guess I, I'd have to go back, and because she's just in a very, very quick scene. She's like sitting on the floor watching TV or something, yeah. right, when they go. It, it, it's, it's a nerd nod, it's, you know. It's it's only there because people like us who like go, hey, Wanda. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they could bring her in as like a teenager. Yeah. Do we have two Wandas? Do we, that would be cool. Does fucking Magneto show up? I, Fassbender I can't, or McKellen? Either. How about neither? And it's the animated version from the show in the. <laughs> <laughs> but an actual cartoon. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Grainy and everything. Yeah. Two thousand year two thousand <laughs> level animation. Uh at this point, maybe you don't know. <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, this is like fucking Spider Ham showing up into the Spider Yeah, exactly. Like, That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you you don't know this point. At this point, they have opened it up to you. Don't know what could happen. Right. Anything is possible. And uh, it's going to. Did I hear someone say I didn't? I didn't look up to to reinforce this. Is this going to lead right into? Falcon Winter Soldier is that going to debut like two weeks after? I, I think the it. End I of think this? I think it debuts in March. Awesome. Let me uh, check the Google machine because I think the question was where. That's smart if it does. No one was sure if it was eight or nine episodes of WandaVision. WandaVision. Because that would. WandaVision have... right now is scheduled for nine episodes. Okay. With the ninth episode. Ooh, this is the apparently this is the one where they're wearing the the Halloween costumes. Okay, coming up next week. Uh, it ends on March fifth. That is the last air date. Yeah, because I think it's March nineteenth. So that, I think they just skip one week and Falcon Winter Soldier starts right. Falcon and Winter Soldier starts March nineteenth. Yeah, yeah, so you get we're gonna have one week off without a new, without a Marvel show. That's awesome. I wonder if they do that to give the people a chance to 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 just in case they miss the Wandavision. Yeah, I don't know. No, that they, like you said, that's, uh, they, um, they made these shows at the right time. Mm. Although, like, the ideal, ideal time would be is if all of this was one year ago. Mm-hmm. If all of these shows were coming out. Uh, but, I mean, they just announced that shit at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, fortunately for them, the pandemic is still going on a year later because no one will put on a fucking mask. Yeah. Um, movies? Yeah. Uh, so I watched Spider-Verse, and then the other rewatch I did uh, last night was Shutter Island. 
Uh, I did start watching though, because um, I was I, I made a little list of and a couple of things on there are things that I know you really like and that you talk about often that I've either never seen or have never rewatched. Shutter Island, I've probably rewatched, but it's been forever. Yeah. Uh, so I watched Shutter Island last night again. Um, it's still a great movie. But I was one. This time I was one hundred percent watching it through the lens of knowing what happens, and kind of like I said earlier, where like while you're watching the movie, you're just into it, and then after you're like, well, why did they, that wouldn't have happened if they? It's there are parts of that movie that are uh, don't make sense logically, mm-hmm. knowing what you know. Knowing how you know that it ends. No, I don't know. Have sense. you ever read the book? No. Because the book is by Dennis Lehane. Yes. Who, people out there wrote Gone Baby Gone and uh, Mystic River. Mystic River. Um, so, yeah, I read that before the movie ever came out. And I remember being pissed at the twist in the book. Yeah. But only because he had set up such a great story. I and was... there's a lot, there's a lot, they left a lot out from yeah. the book in the movie. I was I remember being pissed at the twist watching it the first time mm-hmm. back in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, spoilers for Shutter Island. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember being mad at the, the twist the first time. Not mad, but like kind of, oh, I kind of wish it was kind of Well, it's one of those things too where so conspiracy. many movies at that point had twists. Yeah. And you're just like, did it need this? Right. I mean, yes, yeah, because it's based on the book. But... Did we really need it, though? Yeah. Yeah, because he had been setting up a really great story. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is fucking fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, it's all in his head. Ugh. All right. But, I mean, it's still it's still a Scorsese film. Yeah. It's still got fucking Michelle Williams. still got Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo. It's got a Ben fucking King, was it Ben Kingsley? Yes. It's got an amazing cast, as you would expect from a Scorsese film. Ted Levine. It's... It's about as well done as you're going to find a movie like this. Yeah. Um, And sometimes, and we've kind of, we have talked about this, a lot of times that's enough for me. Um, I I talk about, I watch Spotlight every year, and I watch Spotlight, now Spotlight is a great movie, and it's a great story and all that, but it's also, just watching those people do what they do is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and that's enough for a lot of things. On top of that, Spotlight is great. But even if Shutter Island, even if you don't like the way that it ends or you're not happy with the twist, you still, like you said, you get two and a half hours of watching all these people uh, do really great yeah. work. Well, we talked about with that, like, last week with the little things. Yeah. That mo- What made that movie eventually be completely forgettable is it didn't have those scenes where it was just really great actors doing really great work. Yeah. Regardless of what else was happening on screen, you could just watch those two or three people play off each other. And it's particularly egregious in that example because there should have been. Yeah. You should have tripped over a scene like that. Easily. You, you know? You, you could have probably just had three of those people in the same room just making Riffing. shit up as they went along. Yeah. And it could have, you know, been memorable. But it did not. Yeah, but they can't do that because if you do that, Leto's going to be smearing shit on the walls. And Well, from what I've read, Denzel was having none of that. I bet. <laughs> I can picture that. Denzel not like, having time for any... Sh- you may be able to get over that shit on Viola, but not, yeah. not on me, young man. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'll fucking end you. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have time for your shit smearing. <laughs> yeah. 
You send uh, me a condom, it's coming back at you. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did I watch? I, I actually, I, it's been a lower watch week for me, but it's been pretty good. Um, I started out with, I didn't start, jeez, I didn't watch a movie until fucking Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I was doing another. Ted Lasso got in the way of the, on, on those days, because uh, I started with Ted the show Ted Lasso on Apple+. Plus. Um, where it's like, I'll watch an episode while I'm eating breakfast. Yep. Then next thing you know, it's almost two in the afternoon. I, it's, and is it a 30-minute? Yeah, it's 30-minute. Uh, nine or ten episodes, I think ten. Because we, we were talking before we came on that I uh, Robin and I are going to do the... And we'll probably end up doing it because I, I yeah. it's like five bucks a month. But we're going to do the seven-day yeah. trial during... Because next week is February break. And we'll knock out... Ted Lasso yeah. and, and I mean I, I knocked out most of the series I got to like episode 8 I finished episode 8 and then Andrea came home and I'm like you need to watch this so then we watched the first episode and she's like please don't finish this without me so for like then the next day and a half now we watched we caught up while when she came home at night and so I've essentially watched the first season twice this week am I uh, understanding this wrong was this whole series built around a commercial because wasn't Ted Lasso a Super Bowl commercial, like, three years ago? I don't remember. Maybe. Wouldn't surprise I, me. I might be fucking losing it. I mean, it's, it's it's got that type of high concept thing where it's, uh, again, this this show was built for fucking Sudeikis' talents. Yeah. Because um, that, that guy can do earnest and not come off as annoying. Unless um, you're Olivia Wilde. Unless you're Olivia Wilde. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but he plays an American football coach who, in his first year at Wichita State University. Yeah, it's a, sorry, sorry. It's a, it was from 2013. It's a Super Bowl commercial. Do you want to watch it? Yeah. All right, we'll pause. I did not realize. All right, we're back. Okay. Looking at that little commercial. Was episode one? It's a lot of the trailer. A lot of it is. But it's the difference between Michael Scott season one and Michael Scott season four. Yeah. Um, where he comes off is a bit more of a prick yeah. in this, and a bit more of an idiot. Um, in the show, yeah, he, he doesn't know anything about fucking soccer, um, but he knows how to get the best out of people. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a player's coach, um, and Beard, his, the, the other guy, is, is his, he's the brains. He's the one that figu- figures this shit out. Um, the first uh, episode of a lot, you're going to get a lot of major league. Yeah. So it's, um, a, um, a woman has taken over this Premier League team after a divorce. And... She wants to tank it. She wants to ruin the team because it's the one thing her husband loves. Yep. So he wants to... He, um, it's one of the things that goes throughout the season is if they don't have a good season, they're going to get relegated to the Championship League and taken out of the Premier League. Yeah. Um, so that's what she's trying to do because take, being taken out of the Premier League will hurt him way more than the divorce would. Yeah. Um, also, he's played by Anthony Stewart Head from Buffy fame. He's awesome. Um, oh. He is the biggest prick ever in this, but it works. The guy that was Giles. Yeah, okay. he, he's perfect. Um, it's got it's got a great cast of characters. Um, I I it, the season ended just where I would want it to. Um, you know, ten episodes, yeah. thirty minutes, and it ends in a great place. Um, and there's a lot of character, a lot of, it's all about the characters, the show. Um, very few actual soccer scenes. 
Yeah, I could picture that, that it was that type of thing uh, where it's not Friday Night Lights where every episode ends with the big game. No. Uh, sometimes Friday Night sometimes Lights the, either, the episode but... kicks off as a game just ended. Yeah. Or, you know, a game will take place in the middle of the episode, but you see two seconds of actual football. Right. Because, um, again, that would be expensive as hell. Yeah. Because you've got to fill a fucking stadium right. in order to do that. Um, but it's... It's one of the most heartfelt things I've ever watched on TV. Nice. Like, it's it's well, the type of show where you you just feel good yeah. watching it. Even on ep- episodes that are... there's some. I mean, a- Andrea cried like four of the fucking episodes. Wow. Yeah, there's some sadness in it, Ted. too. Yeah, there's... There, it's, it, it, there are meaningful episodes in a show that just seems like a fish-out-of-water comedy. We should... I'm just noticing that. We should uh, pause for a second... Because I watched, I'm looking up here uh, at the at the YouTube when I searched it. Uh, the thing that we watched while we were paused was the original Super Bowl commercial tie-in to NBC Sports. And I watched the right next to it is the official trailer for the show, which I watched a couple days ago. And it's a lot of the stuff that was in that, like you yeah, were mentioning, a lot of the same through. lines. I'm going to pause and just and so that we can have watched them back to back because this one's pretty quick, two minutes. So kudos to whoever realized that that could be developed into a TV show. Um, so Sudeikis is one of them. I'm um, sure. Bill Lawrence from Scrubs is one of the producers. Yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. Joe Kelly from How I Met Your Mother is another one of the producers. And I'm forgetting one more. Probably the one whose actually I idea actually was. Uh, In all honesty, the way that works. Usually when you see like three famous names, it's the one guy who isn't. Well, the, speaking of new shows that uh, from creators that we love, Robin and I have started watching Mr. Mayor. Brendan Hunt is the creator, and he's actually the guy who plays Beard, the coach. Oh, okay. Um, we started watching Mr. Mayor, which is uh, Tina Fey's new show. That is a great show. Uh, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, it's... It, much like anything like that, the first, like, two episodes were just like, yeah, okay, fine. But it's starting to come into its own. I think we're about six episodes well, in. Well, I mean, the first episode was literally the commercial. Yeah. Every funny fucking line from the commercial was in that first episode. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it works, but let's see where it goes. But I'm, I'm really... Into- Holy Hunter was a fucking genius yes. casting <clears throat> choice. Yep. Uh, I was... The first episode, I didn't look at the writing credits, but there were several Tina Fey jokes in that first one. Um, And I'm not trying to uh, conflate the fact that the show is getting better with, uh, and and she hasn't been, but I think she kind of nudged it off, and now it's kind of taking off on its own. I mean, Bobby Moynihan's character is a Tina Fey joke every time well, he speaks. Well, <laughs> see, that, that was the first one that even if I didn't know who was creating it, mm-hmm. when the his name is Jaden and aren't you a little too old to be Jaden, that is a classic Tina yeah. Fey joke. Not uh, only that, or just, I was just holding a Hot Pocket. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, only Tina Fey those writes are that all, joke. Those are all Liz Lemon lines. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, aren't you too old to be a Jaden, that's a Liz Lemon line. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's just... Yes, his characters, and this week was the food truck. <laughs> I uh, watched this week. You haven't watched it? No. Well, it's about a food truck, so. Yeah, it's it's a fun show. I'm I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah, TV kind of derailed my movie watching for a while, but yeah. uh, let, me, let me get back to it. I, I got back on the truck. 
uh, if you will. Um, I started by watching the new Batman animated movie, uh, Soul of the Dragon. Uh, for, I four-starred this bad boy. I won't talk about it too much where you haven't seen it, but it was just... It, that is a Batman movie tailor-made for me. It's all 70s exploitation shit. And, uh, and it had done very well. And that was a, a an interesting one because uh, it just kind of jumped up on us. Like, I yeah. I saw the trailer for the first time, like, was it was it a month ago, maybe? Something like that. It yeah. feels like it was probably a year ago. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the uh, we just, I just realized it was a thing, like, a month ago. And now, here it is. Uh, and you got it on Redbox. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, my next watch was also from Red Cross. Uh, Redbox. Um, Red Cross. Uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who I've talked about before on the podcast around horror movie time. They did Endless and Spring. Uh, they do very, very low-budget films. Is Spring the one that you had a whole kerfluffle with Best Buy over the... And you ended up getting, like, two copies of Probably. it or yeah. something when, like that, and it was Sprite, really weird. Yeah, I think so, because I think I gave yeah. the copy away. Um, but they make incredibly good movies. I love watching them. Uh, this is their biggest one to date. It's called Synchronic. It stars uh, Jamie Dornan and uh, Anthony Mackie as two paramedics who keep coming across weird overdoses and weird scenes. Uh, because the drug in question, Synchronic, it was uh, it was a designer drug, much like you know, fucking bath salts type of thing, where they use molecular biologists to change things that are illegal into they're just barely legal now because this is a different molecule. It'll eventually get banned, but right now we're gonna keep yeah. staying one, one step ahead of it. And it turned out the the drug has an interesting interesting reaction. Please to, tell me that either Snoop or Dr. Dre was the drug dealer. If for synchronic. If Come on. I know. Um, right there for you. It affects the, the, the pineal gland. Um, so it doesn't really have effects on adults, but on teenagers, it does really weird shit. And one of the weird things is time displacement. Cool. Um, so people fucking start disappearing and end up elsewhere. Um, and Jamie Dornan's 18-year-old daughter is one of the ones that disappears. And a lot of the movies figuring out how to get her back to the present. Um, Where do they go? Into the past. Oh, so just so so just some so she's just somewhere in the past. Yeah, it it, it, it goes. I mean, they actually use the record metaphor. It's the the time is a flat circle. If you play a record, you we experience time as one song plays after the next after the next. But what this drug enables you to do is to pick up the needle and put it gotcha. down wherever you want. So not like Endgame. Not like Endgame. Yeah, it does not have the Back to the Future references at all. Right. Uh, but very well done. Um, it's nice to see Anthony Mackie in more stuff, because I think he's a very talented actor. Um, and he deserves but to be But not in. like Endgame. <laughs> but not like an Endgame. I feel like every single movie that has, you know, not like weight in the water level, uh, people that you've never heard of, but any movie where... It sort of takes me out because I'm counting MCU characters. Yeah. I did it last night in Shutter Island. There's two. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, I mean, frankly, everything that I watch has either Mark Ruffalo or... Prisoners is loaded with them. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's even got MCU adjacent people. Yeah. Like you It's know, got other DC characters. Like, it's got DC characters, too. <laughs> Wait. Yes, it does. Viola, <laughs> Viola Davis. Davis is in it. That's right. Um, yeah, that movie is fucking 
loaded. I can't wait to talk about yeah. that one, by the way. Um, the next thing I watched was, um, sorry, but I podcast cheated on you this week. What does that mean? I went and guest starred on Video Monsters, a podcast by these two gents. Um, I, I met one of them through a horror group that I'm in on Facebook. He made a, like an odd comment on something, and I got it. So we started, <laughs> so we just started chatting, and then he's like, well, I do this podcast, so he invited me on. Um, they're both out of uh, Tennessee, like, ah. like near Chattanooga. So it was, it was almost an international appearance for you. Almost. <laughs> um, and so I went on there to discuss the uh, werewolf, because uh, they're having February this month, where every month, every movie is werewolf movie. Gotcha. Um, but they don't just do that. They did a great episode last week on um, Avatar. So they, they talk about all kinds of movies, but um, where him and I knew each other from horror movies, they brought me on for this one. Did they think um, that Avatar sucks? No. No? Um, I think Avatar sucks. So uh, I was on there for a discussion of Ginger Snaps, the 2001 Canadian horror flick about female vampires. Werewolves. Werewolves, that's what I meant. I kept doing that during the show, too. You did? So maybe, no. <laughs> and yet they still want me to come back. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it, it was just a, have to have a, it like was a, a fun, buzzer on you. Uh, it's 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 interesting though to be on another podcast where they have the same issues we do, where they're trying to keep everything below two hours and sometimes oh. they just yeah. can't. Um, but it, I had a great time. So uh, I'll link to it when the show appears. Um, Video Monsters podcast. It's they're fun guys. They come. At, one is an educator. The other is um, comes at it from a psychological perspective. He um, does a lot of um, substance use counseling. So <laughs> he comes at it from the psychological thing. He's a serial killer. <laughs> uh, he looks like it, but no, um, good guys. I had a lot of fun on there. I'll gladly go on their show again to do some other stuff. Um, I just can't do it every week. Is Jesus? Uh, I, I, I counted. You can't just be making all these. Dude, I, have, I was on like four fucking podcasts <laughs> in the past week because uh, I want because I did one with TJ. How come the where's the uh, episode two of the YouTube series? Uh, Technical difficulty. The hell's right? going on with that? I don't know. Jabron won't talk about it. Because okay. we're all like, dude, do you need help? <laughs> no, goddammit, I've got it. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, we, we didn't even... We, that, th- that was when we didn't record this week. Because we're like, dude, we've got four in the fucking bin right now waiting. <laughs> um, so you've recorded four episodes? We've recorded four episodes. Um, fifth one will be this week. But I And I, did, I appeared on TJ's, again, where we discuss comfort movies. Um... And then this one, and then that. And it's like Jesus comfort Christ. movies of all kinds, of or? all kinds, not just horror movies. Uh, we're actually next time I'm on, we're going to be doing Pixar movies. Huh? Oddly enough. Um. So yeah, I did that. I still haven't watched Soul. Isn't that oh, awful? You need to, man. You, you have seen Soul. Oh yeah. TJ has seen Soul. Mary Lynn has seen Soul. You are losing your street cred. Um. I didn't do like a deep dive on uh, HBO Front Row this week because. As I started writing boy, the one over Boys in the Hood, I realized I had a lot more to say, so I wanted to redo it. So I didn't do that, so I just did a, a welcome kind of to uh, Black History Month, yep. where I recommended a bunch of black history, uh, black directed films from the 90s. Just not Poetic Justice? No, that was one I reviewed on Friday. When I, As soon as oh. I saw that, as soon as I saw, uh, uh, when I pulled up the my, my letterbox the day that you had watched it, I was like, oh no. Yeah. That movie is brilliant. It's brutal. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because I, I post on, like, a couple Facebook groups, like, 90s-related Facebook groups, just to get it out there. And a bunch of people are like, you can't compare it. It's a gangster film and a love story. I'm like, yes, I can compare it, because they were written and directed by the same dude. Yeah. 
Um, there's way better love story shit in Boys in the Hood between fucking Doughboy and Trey <laughs> than there are in Poetic Justice. Um, I want to love Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice has the the uh, a good Janet Jackson song though. Oh yeah, I can't think of the yeah, name of that. It plays the fucking melody from it forty times in the movie. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah that's again. What, yeah. I think it was again. Yeah, something like that. Um, she's not a good actress in this. <laughs> nope. Uh, but the story is fucking horrible. It, it's a road movie where they go from hating each other to loving each other on a trip from, again, I don't know my geography super well, but Compton to fucking Oakland is not that far. It's not a it's not a multiple day road trip though where true growth is no, going to happen. No, but it would be it would be like drive. I bet it's nine hours. Yeah. Probably. California's a big fucking state. Yeah. You gotta think of it in East Coast terms. I bet the distance between LA and Oakland is the same as driving here to DC. But still, it's not you a think? couple day road trip. It's not a cross country right. road trip right. where if you hate someone on day one, you're not gonna be fucking them. They weren't day driving. one. They weren't. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't driving to Louisiana. Yeah. Hey Google, how far apart are Los Angeles and Oakland? 343 miles. Yeah, so that's... On the website distancecalculator.net, they say, the calculated flying distance from okay, Google, to Los Angeles... Okay, Google, stop it. Hey, Google, stop. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be a, uh, that's about to Philadelphia. Yeah. I think, because I think Philadelphia is 300... Yeah. And I'm sure it's not an easy drive because of the coast and all that shit. I bet it's a beautiful drive. I bet it is. Oh, it is in the movie. Um, and they have parts of road trip movies I like, like, oh, they stop at a family reunion that isn't theirs to just get some free barbecue. Oh, they stop at this convenience store where it's a little rednecky, but not enough. Not enough to do anything. None of the stops along the way have any consequence whatsoever to the yeah. story. Um, and the part that bothered me the most, he's going there. He, Tupac is going to Oakland to do some recording with his cousin. The moment they pull in to his cousin's street in Oakland, he has been shot dead. I forgot about that detail. Yeah. The moment they fucking pull in, like, they're literally loading the body into the back of the fucking ambulance. Well, time to go home? And that's pretty much what happens. Oh, okay, hey, but before I leave, Auntie, can I take all his recording equipment with me? Okay. Hey, I know your kid just died. Yeah. But. It's like, you know what? If you had just changed it to the whole reason he was going to Oakland was because his cousin had just died... And he was hoping to get the recording equipment. That's better. That's fine. That doesn't sc- scream like, oh my God, this just happened. To, this needed to happen. Or um, if it were a, he got a letter from his aunt that his yeah, cousin something. just died and she wants him to have all that stuff because yeah. she knows that he would have wanted. He's going to be going through shit on that road trip. Yeah. He's not just tough Tupac. Yeah, but that's the thing. In this movie, he really isn't. Yeah, he has he has a girl he has a, a kid out of wedlock with a uh, pretty much a crack whore, sure. Um, but he works for the post office. Right, he's kind of got his too. shit together. He does not, and that's the that's whole thing. how they meet, right? Because she works at a yeah. hair salon or something. Yeah, um, she doesn't want anything to do with him because she thinks he's a gangbanger, and her last boyfriend was shot dead at the fucking drive-in. In front of her face. Which, I mean... And it was fucking Q-Tip. Who doesn't even come across as a hardcore gangster because it's fucking Q-Tip? <laughs> but I, I just think it's funny that she's like, oh, you're a gangster, and he's a federal employee. Exactly. 
it's they it's make a, a point man. where they've offered him uh, fucking Tone Loke of all people offers him weed and he's like I can't they piss test me so it's like he's got his shit together he's and Tone tr- Loke was a cop in Ace Ventura yeah, he's trying to get his shit together he's got a federal job he wants to take his daughter out of the home that she's currently in because it's no good for her he's a stand up fucking guy and she's treating him like a piece of shit. Um, but he wears his visor backwards, Dan, yeah, so. Yeah, he wears his red sock. I mean, his uh, white socks cap backwards whole movie long. So. Except for one scene where he's wearing an Oakland cap, and you don't know why. Because huh. he's wearing an Oakland A's cap. But Probably because Tupac wore it to set that morning yeah. and didn't want to take it off. So I'm sitting there going, you know what? If he had been moody at the beginning of this trip, yeah. because he's going <laughs> to retrieve his dead beloved cousin's belongings, I could see why he would be cold and distant to her. Right. And maybe that's why she might think otherwise of him. But nothing in this movie made sense. So for when people were like, well, you can't compare the two movies because one's a romance. I'm like, no, it's not. This is not a romantic movie. Nothing about this is romantic. Oh, they share a kiss on a picnic blanket while overlooking a fucking beach. That's it. Guess what? It's awkward as fuck. Um, (laughs) And I mean, the rumor was always like she refused to kiss him in the movie until he got an AIDS test. Sweet. Yeah. So you're starting off on a good foot. Starting off on a good foot. Um, Also, I can see. I can see why. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess. I can see why Tupac got more roles after this film, and Janet Jackson did not. Yeah. Um, The movie completely wastes fucking Regina King. A lot of movies do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was a hard fucking watch, and if it hadn't come directly after fucking Boys in the Hood, he might not have had a career after that. That might have been enough to end it. Yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, yeah, for for the people who are arguing, well, it's, they, for one, one person kept calling fucking Boys in the Hood a gangster film. I'm like, no, it's not. Fucking Trey is not a gangster. Right. Ricky is not a gangster. There is mostly one gangster in this fucking movie, and it's a doughboy. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. And he has to come to term with that, and it doesn't glorify that lifestyle at all. <laughs> Everything kind of turns to shit in that lifestyle. Yeah, that that movie and uh, and and New Jack City. Yeah, don't paint a rosy picture. Yeah. Uh, so it's not. Those are in no way. Although a lot of people took both of those movies as glorifying, and to me they were like, Nino Brown doesn't end up winning no, fucking New Jack and, City, and Chris Rock does not have the greatest time in New Jack City. And it's not just yeah, it's not just that that yeah, Nino gets his comeuppance. He destroys everything around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no one like, escapes him. Much like Boys in the Hood, even though Trey and Ricky are not involved in the game, not involved in it. Trey's got a job. He's buying his Chess King clothes. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and Ricky's got a Ricky's kid. got a scholarship. He's going to USC, Somewhere. UCLA. Yeah, one of uh, a football school. And the life destroys them. Uh, and yeah, that's not glorifying. That's showing the tragedy. I hardly call it a gangsta film. Yeah. Um, and again, it was like the stuff between Trey and Christ, what was her name? His girlfriend in that film. It's a lot of the same stuff that was happening in, in poetic justice where he wants to have sex. She doesn't want to. Yeah, that was a, um, but that, came across as way more believable because there were actual moments where you got that they were in a relationship. The When he comes to her crying about how he hates fucking living in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, it's a tender fucking scene. 
Poetic Justice has none of that. Poetic Justice... Brandy. Brandy. Was her name. The one thing that was going for Poetic Justice was the poetry that Justice was writing uh-huh. was really good. Also happens to be Maya Angelou's. So yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> Janet didn't write that in the trailer. Yeah. Well, par- apparently for the film, John Singleton tried to write his own poetry and realized it sucked. <laughs> so he got Maya Angelou, which good get. Get the poet laureate, sure. Um... But yeah, that movie, again, all my movie reviews on Fridays this week, are this month, are all going to be Tupac films. I'm, I'm charting the evolution of Tupac. How many Tupac films are there? More, than, are, I, more than I expected. That are, that are worth watching. Um, next week is the combined uh, films of Juice and Above the Rim, because yep. they're essentially the same story. One just has basketball. Um, then the week after that, I'm going to be doing Gridlocked, which is the film he did with Tim Roth as two heroin junkies. I don't know that one. Um, then, for the last week, I'm going to be doing um, Bullet, the film he did with Mickey Rourke, if it comes in time. So I had to order a goddamn VHS, because the DVD is like $100. Yikes. Um, and then there was also um, Gang Related with him and Jim Belushi. Huh. Where they play two undercover cops who accidentally kill another undercover cop and try to blame it on gang-related violence. Right. Um, that, was, that was pretty much his output. Um, not counting nothing but Trouble's dancing sequence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I picked Tupac for this, because again... Because of the Humpty his, Dance? No, all of his films took place in the 90s. Yeah, well... And that was it. <laughs> so did... So yeah. did Tupac. Yeah, so I, I thought that would be... And it was an interesting, you know, evolution from... Given a role in a film that was very underwritten to movies that were written specifically pretty much for him. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, in a short amount of time, he had a, a, a decent career. Yeah, the, the, the secret story of Nothing But Trouble is that, really, it was all in a, a very elaborate Tupac vehicle mm-hmm. to get him in front of the camera for the 12 or so seconds that you see him. Yeah, uh, The entire terrible movie uh, was written around... <laughs> All right, guys, so the, yeah, two, two execs are sitting there. Whatever you put out, doesn't matter, just get Tupac in it for 12 seconds. How do we get Tupac? We've got to find a way to get Digital Underground into this movie. And we have to get people to watch it, so let's get Aykroyd. Yep. Coke him up. Yep. And just let him start writing. Yep. And he can hire all of his friends, Only and we'll give him unlimited money. Yep. Only caveat, Tupac's got to be in it for 12 to 15 seconds. Yep. And God bless them, they did it. They did it. <sighs> Man, what a nightmare of a movie that is. We've talked about that movie before, but that is like... That's one of the most unpleasant movies to watch Mm -hmm. that isn't trying to be. That almost put me off of Hot Dogs Forever. Because I suggest you have them the very same way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that fucking haunts me. Uh, Because, like, we've talked about the most unsettling movie ever being Serbian film. Which, (laughs) by the way, I now own on Blu-ray. Gross. Yeah, uh, it's funny because Andrea is the one who wants to watch it, oh. and then we'll watch something like Prisoners, and she'll be like, "Oh," and I'll be like, "Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't, you can't watch Serbian." I'm like, "Honey, I don't want to tell you what you can and can't, do, you uh, can and cannot do." Andrea, if you're listening, like for she, God's she watched sake. the trailer, and the trailer, she, yeah, the cover watch. of the DVD of the Blu-ray is disturbing, and she's like, "I don't know if I'm going to watch it." I'm yeah, like, don't "I don't watch. know if you can," because I'm like, "I barely could." Don't I it's, barely could, and my brain is fucked up. It's yeah, rough. Yeah. Like, seriously rough. But that movie is supposed to be. Yeah. This is supposed to be an enjoyable comedy. 
And it is... Family comedy at that, pretty much. Yeah, it is so... Off-putting. Off-putting and just not at all enjoyable. Mm -hmm. It's... Every ounce of it's just awful. Uh, Except for the 12 seconds of Duval. (laughs) Um, And going from such highbrow films to um, (laughs) actual highbrow films. Who else is in that, by the way? It's Chevy Chase. Chase, Dan Aykroyd, Demi Moore. Is uh, there's not a fourth? I thought I keep thinking there isn't. Wasn't there someone with them? Jesus, I can't. Or was it just the two of them that came into the weird town? It was just the two of them. Okay. Either just an unsettling, awful movie. Um, I watched a double feature from uh, Hong Kong film director uh, Wong Kar Wai. Okay. Uh, I watched In the Mood for Love and Chungking Express. Okay. Um, I watch these because I, I subscribe to the Criterion channel and I've been trying as like to watch underwatched classics. Yeah. Um, these are two of them. Uh, I'd seen Chunking Express once before in the er, mid 90s when it came out on video because it came out as part of um, Tarantino's Rolling Thunder Presents series where he just like produced films that he liked and put, helped distribute them in the US yeah. through Miramax. Um, and that one of them was Chunking Express. And at the time, I was severely underwhelmed by it because Quentin Tarantino's putting this out. It gives you an expectation for yeah. what it is. And it is, it's a, uh, it, it's a romantic movie where none of the romance is ever actually gonna happen. Like, okay. it's an almost love story. A uh, beautiful, beautiful film. It takes place. Uh, mostly around um, like a lunch counter where two cops in two separate stories have been recently jilted by their lovers. And it, it's each each story is them trying to find a new love. One of which is kind of a, a Tarantino-esque flick because she's a drug dealer. Uh, the other one is just a counter girl at the, the food mart. Um, it's delightful. Uh, but uh, it's it was definitely new in the 90s what one car Y was doing uh, a lot of interesting camera shots a lot of camera using usages um, and then he in 2000 came out with In the Mood for Love which is just one of the most beautiful fucking movies I've ever seen um, and I had never had a chance to see it because when it was put out on Criterion it's long fucking out of print yeah um, it's one of those like you can't find a copy um, <clears throat> their Criterion is putting out I think in April a one car Y box set and with a bunch of his other stuff I haven't seen. So I'm very, very excited for that. But they're on the Criterion channel right now. So um, almost every night I try to watch a, criter- a movie on the Criterion channel on my iPad for bed. That's that's ambitious. It is. I don't always do it. Yeah. But, you know. It's the goal. I've, I've watched enough where it's, I can say, I've been watching at least one or two a week. Which, I'm happy with that. Some nights I just want to go to bed. Um, but yeah, that those were those were both like four and a half movie stuff. Four and a half star movies. They were just great, great films. Speaking of stuff not being available, I can't remember what it was. It doesn't happen a lot, but uh, whatever movie they watched, I can't remember what it was now, but whatever the next episode of How Did This Get Made is, uh, whatever the movie is, it's no longer available. So like in the mini episode... Was that, Paul, the, was that the Norman the Gnome one? Or? No, it's going to be whatever's next. Ah. Uh, the It's the mini episode for whatever it was last week. Um, so whatever next week's episode was, they recorded it like a year ago um, or even further back than that. But whatever it is, the movie isn't available anymore. 
And I was just thinking, because he was like, I'm really sorry, because uh, I know, I hope it doesn't ruin the episode. And I was thinking, I never watch the movies. I sometimes do, but not often. I mean... It, it, unless it's... Often it's a movie I've already seen. Yeah. And when that's the case, I don't go back and rewatch it, but like I've never seen Gnome the Norm. Nor, nor, nor Norm Norm the Norm. There's a lot of movies where I'm like, I don't intend to ever watch that. I... I it was fun. I, listening to them talk about it was more than enough. Right, and that's and that's part of the, having not seen it is part of the fun for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? It was oh, it was Lawnmower Man Two Beyond Cyberspace. That's actually uh, getting a new Blu-ray release very soon. So you've seen it? I have not, but like, have you listened to this episode yet? Oh yes. Oh okay. And it made the great connection between. Um, how like how, just how much of an impact Max Hedrum made yeah. on things? I'm like shit. You're right, Jim. Car- you you listen to those lines. It's like Jesus Christ. Jim Carrey ripped off Max Hedrum do you a want, lot. Do you want your mind blown? Have you listened to the mini episode from? No, Mr. I have okay. not listened to the mini episode. So that, like we've said before, the follow on the mini episode between the movie episodes is always them talking about uh, things they missed from it, uh, and then like audience responses that they got uh, through comments about the movie. This is gonna blow your mind. I'm ready to have my mind blown. Is it Jim Frewer? Is that his name? Matt Frewer. Matt Frewer. At the time that Lawnmower Man 2 was being filmed, Matt Frewer was playing Lloyd Christmas in an animated version of Dumb and Dumber. Whoa. So he was doing, for this movie, basically a combination of Max Headroom and the character he's, he's playing Jim Carrey. So it was like... Sort of an inspiration for Jim Carrey, playing Jim Carrey, and then playing something else sort of half as Jim Carrey in Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. <laughs> it's amazing. That is nuts. That is nuts. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and I probably explained that really poorly, but... Yeah. It's weird what so often isn't available, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's no surprise that, like, Lawnmower Man 2 isn't available. It's not that. It's whatever is yeah. next week. I can't remember what it but, was. But, um... Like most recently, uh, I was listening to the when I was listening to the Avatar podcast. Like the Abyss, right now, you can't. You're gonna spend fifty bucks on that on DVD. Really? It, yeah. Because it's like a major release, though. You would. Yeah. Think. It's fucking James Cameron. But apparently, he he wants to, before it gets re released, he wants to retweak stuff in it. Of course, he does. So, and but he's been working on fucking Avatars two, three, and four. I have such a hard time liking him. And he's such an insufferable asshole. Yeah. And again, I like his movies, but I also have much to dislike about most of his movies. Oh, well, a lot of his movies uh, are, it, it kind of goes back, this seems to be a recurring theme in this, is uh, while you're watching it, you're just like, wow, this is awesome. But like, as soon as it's over, you're like, wait a minute, yeah, that sucked. Uh, I wasn't kidding earlier when I said, I, Avatar sucks. Mm. Like the last time I watched Avatar... I thought, man, this movie sucks, and it's, I've never watched yeah, it again. It's a pretty movie. Yeah. It made great use of 3D. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. It was an event to go it to. It was. But, yeah, the mo- the second time I watched it, I was just like... This movie sucks. I don't I don't like this. And um, one of the comments that was made about Titanic was the whole wrap, wraparound story with her, with the old lady on the boat, none of that was necessary to the movie at all. And if anything... For me, the more it I thought about it. created a wonderful meme, though. Yes. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? That kind of took away from the movie because you know Rose is going to live. 
Yes. So it's like, if they got rid of that entire, like, half an hour worth of footage, maybe even 40 minutes worth of footage total, that's a better movie now. Probably. Um, Still got Billy Zane being way over the fucking top, but... Definitely. Oh, by the way, Billy Zane is also in Poetic Justice. He is? Doing what? The movie that they're watching at the drive-in theater stars Billy Zane and Lori Petty, of all people. <laughs> that's kind of cool, yeah, actually. Like, yeah, yeah, that's... What Hollywood thinks LA is like versus like what it, it really is. I like it when uh, movies within movies have recognizable people. Yeah, and aren't real. And you're right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, that le- leads That's us to. That's a very Tarantino thing to do. That is, most definitely. Um, which leads us to the movie we both watched The Happy Go Lucky Story. Prisoners. When we were watching, when we were watching Shutter Island last night, Robin, at some point, she was just like, what is it with you in these movies that are, like, super depressing and... These are often the best ones. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy those types of movies. Yeah. Uh, this Don't is worry, one... We'll watch God Baby God next. Yeah, <laughs> I, I told Robin last night, I said, Mr. Quiver, next Friday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but for real, though, I do want another one that's on my... Because I've made on Letterboxd, uh, I've made a rewatch list mm-hmm. of just things... Some of them are just the movies I rewatch all the time, or that I try to rewatch every year, like Office Space and All the President's Men and Spotlight. Um, but I also add stuff that you and I will bring up, or that you will bring up, uh, and I'll be like, man, I haven't seen that since it came out, and I really should. And Shutter Island was one of those, uh, which is what I watched last night. Um, Zodiac, I want to make that a regular one, because that was one that I watched. <laughs> While watching Prisoners, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't know if I ever want Jake Gyllenhaal I know. solving my murder. No, you don't. <laughs> one way uh, or the other. He's awesome in Prisoners. Oh, he's so good. He's so, that, that might be his best performance that I've, yeah. that I can but think it, of. And it's so understated. Yeah. Um, so I added, because uh, Zodiac was one that I, we've talked about this before, I watched it when it first came out, it, I thought it, it was fine. It just gets better with everything. And then I, I didn't rewatch it for like a decade, and I rewatched it last year, or maybe the year before, and I was like, holy fuck, this movie's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's going to get added to my like annual, uh, and then I realized it's been a while since I've seen The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Um, before we, sorry, before we jump to Prisoners, we sh- just really quickly, I, another thing that I started on my uh, Dan Can't Believe I Can't Believe I Haven't Seen It Yet list, I started watching Assassination of Jesse James. Um <sighs> First of all, I still it's an obnoxious title. That movie's gorgeous. Yeah, Roger Deakins fucking Holy himself with that. Shit, that movie is gorgeous. Yep. That might be the most noticeable cinematography. Do you know what I mean oh, by yeah. no, like where you're like every scene you're like, damn. Holy shit. The train robbery at the beginning. I've like I like have goosebumps. The yep. train robbery at the beginning at night and the only light is the headlight of the and you see the shadows and the woods, and like you, it's kind of like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Oh my, that movie is gorgeous. It's also uh, the the score is. I said, and I said, Robin. I, I looked at Robin at one point. I said, I never say this, but the score is fascinating. It's Nick Cave from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. It's that's like one of the first that and um, the Proposition were like the first two movie scores he did. So that kind of makes sense. It's like in some cases, it's almost like, and it's not just the score, it's also the way it's mixed. It's very loud. Mm-hmm. Like almost to the point where it's like, hey, I can't hear the guys talking. Mm-hmm. 
and that's on purpose. Hey, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> settle down. Uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by this movie so far, but there is something, and then there's something about the the dialogue that is, and this is not a this is not a slight that is not real. It's mm-hmm. like almost romanticized dialogue, yep. and I know you're like, well, yeah, it takes place in the 1880s. It's not just that. It's they yeah. kind of speak lyrically yeah. in a weird way. Uh, Casey Affleck is just, ew. <laughs> Ew. Uh, from every every scene he's in is so cringy. And this is... I will definitely go back to it. Um, we started watching it over dinner, and then something else happened. But I, this is not something I'm putting away. But uh, for different reasons, and to a much lesser degree, I kind of get the same... It's the same reason I stopped watching The Master, because, like, Joaquin Phoenix is so gross. Yeah. In this, Casey Affleck is so cringy. And Let me just, know when you do go back to that because I haven't watched that in probably four or five years, and I would definitely want to rewatch that for a talk. Uh, the Jesse James, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll finish it this week. Okay. Um, um, another film too, where there is a rumored four-hour cut out there. I do not doubt it for a second. Yes. Um, does it need the fourth hour? Probably not. Probably not. But I want to see another hour of Roger Deakins' film work in that. You know, it's his it how is, he did not win the Oscar for best cinematography. For I will. I mean, the dude's only won like one. Yeah, and it was recent. And uh, yeah, and that guy is probably the best director of photography ever. It's. I cannot overstate how gorgeous this movie yeah. is. It's stunning. Um, yeah. I, I, okay. On to prisoners, which also a good-looking film. Because um, Denny Villeneuve, um, I don't know who he worked with on Prisoners. Uh, let me go get to that. It, um, all he's another director where between Sicario and The Arrival, yeah, and Blade Runner. Because he worked with Deakins on Blade Runner, right? It's that's what he won the Oscar for. Which again, Runner. worth it. It's weird. Uh, all cast and crew. Thinking about like cinema. No, Deakins was the cinematographer on Prisoners as well. So I've unintentionally had a Deakins week. Yeah. Um, and it's weird the way that that movie is beautiful because it is gray and blue. The yeah. whole movie is gray and blue, which is actually, when you mention Sicario, it's like, that movie's all brown and tan. Yeah. Uh, that's he know, fascinating. He, he knows how to pick a fucking color palette and make it uh, um, that whole that move That whole movie, it's all blues and grays. It's, and it's, it's bleak. Yeah. It's the whole movie, where, it's whole movie where everything is fucking damp. Yes. Which is perfect for it. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, the story revolves around these two families. One is Viola Davis and Terrence Howard. Uh, they have a couple kids, and their neighbors are Hugh Jackman and um, Mario Bello. Is that yeah. who it is? They also have a couple of kids. They spend Thanksgiving together. Uh, they just basically walk down the street. The and little girl is, because I recognized, when I went through the cast, I recognized her last name. The little girl is the must be younger sister of the uh, daughter on fuck what was that show called shit the one with uh, Samantha Bee's husband where they are oh um I want to say road trip but that's not it but yeah the one where they're going to Florida to Disney World and shit it's the the, not the destination Something I think like you're that. close, though. Something like you're, that. You're near it. It uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, n- neither here nor there, but that's... Uh, yeah. I recognize the name. Had a great first season, not so great second season. Correct. 
Um, yeah, well. Uh, but basically, their two daughters go missing. Yes. As they went to go walk back to the other one's house to retrieve, like, a, a toy whistle or something to look for a toy whistle. And the main suspect is Paul Dano, who had parked his, R, like, this beat-to-shit RV. Who, at the time, is just killing it as a creep. Oh, my God. He's so good. He's so soft-spoken. <laughs> and, oh. Uh, and he plays a man with, who has, like, the mind of a 10-year-old. Yeah. But somehow cut a driver's license. Which I like is also a point in the movie where Jackman's like, how the fuck did he get a driver's license? Right. Um... And the investigating officer is Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's the case is getting nowhere. So Hugh Jackman basically kidnaps Paul Dano to torture him. Right. To get the answers. The Even before the kidnapping and torture, uh, the immediate interesting thing about this movie is that... It's not just hero cop and uh, a grieve, you know, grieving family. Yeah. It is something's off about that fucking cop. Yep. And something's definitely off with Hugh Jackman. Oh well, yeah, he, like when every time they show his prepper basement, yeah, just like Jesus, he's a he's a prepper because like I, they're they're very much on the outside. He's a hard working salt of the earth. Yeah. And then behind closed doors, he's like a. Yeah. I don't want to shit on religious people, but he's like a. He's like a religious yeah. freak slash and, yeah. doomsday prepper. Yeah, and you you learn about his history and why he's the way he is. Yeah, um, and when and when the sane one is fucking Terrence Howard. <laughs> <laughs> the, by, by the way, the most sane out of everyone yeah. in the movie, including Viola Davis. Yeah. Usually, Viola oh, is the her uh, scene is awesome when yeah. she kind of turns to the dark side. She a bit. she can turn as well as anyone in in, yeah. in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, it, much like Gone Baby Gone, it leads you down some red herring paths. Yep. Um, and you learn that what is happening is way... So stuff that appeared throwaway... Yes. You learn is way more meaningful. I mean, the whole thing is... Um, there's a labyrinth motif throughout the whole film. Yeah. And you realize... Yeah, most of these characters are wandering lost through the metaphorical labyrinth. Right. And whether or not they get out is... Not necessarily up to them. Um, um, that's, I mean, that's why the movie is called Prisoners. Yeah. Um, but, oh, sh- yeah, the way the story unfolds and you learn a new, like, every time you learn a new nugget, it's like this is the place where you had to learn that. Yeah. And it's, even it's, when you learn it, you might not know why it's important until the next thing you learn. It's, yeah, it's got the, it, it has a, it is a very slow twist. Uh, it's not, you know, Agent and it's Kuyan... Not like a, and it's not like a gotcha twist at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Agent Kuyan isn't dropping the fucking coffee mug on the floor and watching it shatter, and we yeah. all realize it all at the same time. It's yeah. like, the twist takes like an hour. Yeah. And it's... That's not easy to no. do. No. And keep... Keep interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really well... Especially taking uh, from a novel which in which you have to truncate a lot of things and we cut things out... And I'm sure a lot of the background with the other, you know, air quotes kids that are adults now, um, I'm sure that's a lot of the book. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? I haven't read the book. Oh, okay. I, I definitely want to, though. See, um, I, I never I, I, I never for, can. I forgot now. it was based on a book until yeah. the rewatch. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I Yeah, the whole the history. Because, like, you learn that this isn't the first kid to go missing right. from this area. 
And it's, like you said, it is... And this is very difficult to do, especially in a movie. You're going... You weren't starting this movie thinking it was never been kissed. You know going in that it's a mystery thriller type thing, so you'll be on the lookout for this stuff. And so much that, like, within the first 20 minutes, Andrea went, well, this is a dark fucking movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because she had never seen it. Yeah. Or thought she hadn't seen it. Apparently she'd seen it when it first came out, but forgot about it. Not much like June. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, right. Where, but she was like, like, you learn right away, oh, this movie's gonna go to some dark places. Yeah. Um, And and, uh, you know there's shit you need to pay attention to. Because every, every little thing matters. But even knowing that, like you said, a lot of it feels like throwaway filler. Yeah. But none of it is. Because you will notice something, and then when they don't follow up on immediately, you're right. like, oh, okay, that was just, that was a red herring for the moment. That's not, it. but then you'll be like, oh, well, fuck, no, that wasn't a red herring. It I took think, these ones to get in the way. I think the fact that I also watched Shutter Island this week is good because Shutter Island, which is made by Scorsese, does not do that as well. No. The Shutter Island things are like, look at this. Mm-hmm. This is important later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Prisoners does not do that. And I gave, uh, I, because I, it's the first time I've watched it since Letterboxd, I gave Shutter Island a four. I gave Prisoners a four and a half, but there is a huge gap yeah. there for yeah. me. Um, because, and and I, I, I struggle with this anyway. We've talked about it a million times. I struggle giving stuff anything over yeah. a four. Because oh, that was I, easy for this one. I do think there is a huge gap between a four and a four and a half mm-hmm. in my mind. Uh, and it's my scoring, so fuck you. Um, well, the other thing that works, too, is not only is, like, look, there's moments where it's like, this is important. It's not important for the reason you think of. Right. Like, um, the, the bunny sock. Right. It's important, but not for the reason they first tell you why it's important. And then you wonder, well, I guess that wasn't important at all, but yet it's still important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, although on the list of those types of moments, that was one that I called in my head. I said, I bet he took that. Well, um, it shows that character sneaking yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. So that, w- that one, that was the most obvious that, of them. And that scene was so fucked up. Yeah, it was. Like, and yeah. again, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. Like, okay, this guy who looks like he's a, mat- a child molester to the point where he kills mannequin, child mannequins and then buries the mannequins. Yeah has a room full of totes that are filled with snakes. That, that And while you're like, that's just fucking weird. Yeah. You learn later, like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I mean, cause, and that's that's the other thing this film gives you. It's this, like, okay, child abductions are terrible. Yeah. They're terrible for decades right. for those that survive them. Right. And you, you learn that in this. Yeah, there, it's, it's, it's rare to give the audience in a whodunit scenario this person could do it, this person could do it, this person could do it, but be so like, every time, on every one you're like, okay, it's definitely this one. Yeah. Um, And it also, there was enough weight given to uh, was it Melissa Leo? Mm -hmm. To Melissa Leo's character um, early on as the mother Mm -hmm. that it wasn't the the aunt. That it wasn't, because uh, <coughs> sometimes when, in a movie like this, you'll see a, a what is being passed off as a minor character, but it's a major actor, and you're like, okay, yeah, it's definitely him, mm-hmm. or her, or whatever. Yeah. 
but the character was given enough weight early that it justified the casting. Yeah. That it was still like, oh, yeah. you know, by the time it, it rolls be back her, around, but it might not be right. By the time it rolls back around, it's you, not effective red herring, you right? Know, because you cast a very good actor in that role, right? So that you can see it with every potential abductor in this film. Because I mean, for a while you're like, okay, I know it wasn't Hugh Jackman because we saw him At- not do it. But when the cops think it might be him. You know what? It fucking might be. <laughs> it also... It doesn't give you any reason to think this, but it also certainly encourages you to play with the idea that it might even be Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, hell yeah. Because he's a little skeevy. Yeah, there's, there's something not right with him. Yeah. Uh, he's got some past trauma, too. Yep. Um, so, yeah... Going up to the end, it all all makes sense, and really, it could have been anyone. And you know, you can. But then, when you learn out who it really was, it makes perfect sense. You're like, "Yep, everything and, was there." And the whole uh, kind of B story of Hugh Jackman committing uh, a kidnapping and torture of what turns out to be a person who was already kidnapped and tortured earlier in life. Yeah. Like, how horrible... I don't want to compare this to the lie. No. <laughs> in, in any way, other than the idea that... Uh, also, the character's name was Alex Jones. Yeah, which, which is weird. I kind of liked. Yeah. Because it gave me a little bit of pleasure. In that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whereas in the lie, it was the in the lies case, it was the cover up that ended up being far worse than the crime. In here, it's like you went to unjustified lengths, yeah. uh, and without knowing what you were doing or what you were talking about, and you ended up re-victimizing someone who was already victimized. Well, that was one of the most powerful moments for me. When is when that he was like, "I'm not Alex." Yeah, and I'm just like. Fuck, he's disassociating. Oh, no. Holy shit. Yeah. He's been here. Yeah. This is... Yeah, he he has been a victim. At that point, you don't know. No. But as soon as he be- said that, I'm like, he's been a victim of something before. Because yeah. Because he's disassociating in the moment. But even, even then, you could still consider him a suspect. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a really well crafted uh, no, story it's a and, and crafted really well crafted because, uh, like I said earlier, um, sometimes with books you it, it feels clunky and you can almost right see again. Aaron Guzakowski. Sure. Who, honestly, I had never heard of before. He uh, was the creator of the new show Raised by Wolves. Oh, yeah, the one that I have not watched on HBO. He was also the creator of the show The Red Road, the one that had Jason Momoa. Yep. And other than that, he's written a a movie called Contraband. Prisoners was only his second movie, and he did the remake of Papillon. How come you didn't say that with flair? Hmm? How come you didn't say... Papillon? That's better. Thank you. Um, You watched that, right? No. Oh, the original. But not the Rami Malek and uh, Wooden Face there? Charlie Hunnam? No, because... No, he's just the worst. I say that, and uh, I'm just—I was just turned off by him uh, from Pacific Rim, and I just don't watch stuff that he's in anymore. Jesus. Although he was Maybe in something. Maybe I should watch Contraband. 
Charlie Hunnam was in uh, The Gentleman, and he was pretty good in that. Uh, the Contraband has Mark Wahlberg, Giovanni Urbizi, Kate Beckinsale, uh, Caleb Landry Jones, Ben Foster, Lucas Haas. That's a good cast. That's sounding familiar now. Oh, speaking of that. To protect his brother-in-law from a drug lord, a former smuggler heads to Panama to score millions of dollars in counterfeit bills. Sweet. Currently on HBO. Uh, also in uh, Prisoners was Logan Lerman, mm-hmm. who at one point was uh, a possibility for Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I loved his moment with his dad, though. Yeah. When he finally was just like, fuck your dad. Dude. Yeah, you fucking psycho. So uh, even Logan Lerman, who is not in the MCU, was MCU adjacent, because he was at least up for the part of Spider-Man. Other than that, we also had uh, we had Wolverine, yep. we had Mysterio, uh, Mysterio, War Machine, War Machine, and... Uh, well, Viola Davis. Viola Davis, who was Amanda Waller. Yeah, so it's, it's surprising that Paul Dino has never been in one, but he's more artsy. He would be a good Nolan Riddler. He would have. I think he might have been up for it at one point. I think so too. I think that's why it popped in my head. That's yeah, sounding really he, familiar. I, yeah, this is you said. I like. I think that actually. Might I think have that happened. was actually a, or at the very least, it was being tossed around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm convinced of it now. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not surprising, because Denny Villeneuve, is, I mean, he's got Dune coming out, but every, every f- film that guy has done, at least that I've seen, I haven't seen his... Um, I'm trying to get to his... Uh, I'm trying to remember where he was. I, is he Spanish? No, he's French. I would say he's, he's French, because that's a very French name. Yeah. Um, um, he he's he directed a couple things back home that I've never seen, like Maelstrom, in August thirty second on Earth, and a film called Cosmo. I've never seen any of those, but I mean, starting with Prisoners was his U.S. debut, followed by Enemy, which is another really good Jake Gyllenhaal. I gotta put that on the list. I haven't seen it. Um, then Sicario, Arrival, and Blade Runner. I mean, that's those three movies. Are, that's a hell of a you know resume. I'm going to add that to... What the hell? I want to add it to my... Oh, do I have to do it the other way? How come you can't add a movie to your watch list? Add to a list. No, no, no. Go, or, oh, wait. Or, yes, there no. we go. I did it. I did okay, it. I did you it. could also just hit on the, the thing on the far... The button that was on the far right there when you were looking at the movie. What, which? Oh, no, not that. Sorry. Uh, whoops. I did that. That was my bad. Click on the movie again. Do that. Right there. Watch oh, list. okay. Gotcha. You can add to your watch list that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was adding it to the... I added it to the wrong list. You're right. <coughs> uh, but, yeah, no, that's that's a really well-done film. Because <coughs> uh, Arrival is another... Um, that was one of our favorites the year that that oh, came out. So good. Same with Sicario. Sicario was one of our favorites the year that came out. Um, the second Sicario is a much lesser even though it's still good with the same great cast and all that stuff, it's just not. He's also apparently working on a Cleopatra film. I see that. That's not something that's already out? No, that is currently in production, With no cast attached. Yeah. So therefore, I'm not sure. Uh, So, what year did Enemy come out? Was it 2013? So that was right after then, right? Right after Prisoners? Yeah, right after. Of course, it's not on anything. Um, 
I'll find my DVD. It's on Showtime. I'll find my DVD. Okay, cool. Uh, anything else? Um, one of the recommendations, the high recommendations, and I saw a little bit about it this week online, just references, uh, is apparently is a really good, and it's, I'm, I'm told that you should just go into it blind, a, perf- like it's like a 90-minute performance thing on Hulu called In and of Itself. I, I have heard of that, too, where, yeah, you need to go into it blind. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's the yeah, closest sorry, thing to it to my list, is, like, he's sort of a magician, I guess, or something. And this is a live performance or whatever. But anyway, long story short, uh, the, the suggestion is to, that I've seen from in a couple places is just go in 100% blind and watch it. So maybe... Uh, Derek Del Guadio's in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. And it's on Hulu, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I'll put that on the tonight list because I'm gonna assume. Yeah, because I remember people talking about that on a pod. Was it was it on one of the episodes? Of... They talked about it on yesterday's mini episode. I think they might have talked about it the week before too. Maybe the, the mini episode before because I think that's where maybe it, uh, it was the because this week Jason was on on the mini episode. Oh, and that's what they were talking about. It. He still hasn't left his house. I know that's that's astounding. It really is. He has not left his house since last uh, March. Crazy. Uh, anyway, do we have anything else? No, that is good. All right, cool. Uh, we still stretched two hours without. Nice. Uh, we had a lot of football talk at the beginning. Yeah, we had a half an hour of football talk. All right, good. Next week is next week. 